Hi everybody, I'm your host, Guillaume Cochois, and this is a new episode of Tapis Rouge. The shout-out today goes to Chris Gaddy, who was the first one to find out our guest today, Alex Krupp. A little side note about Chris. He was the only high bar artist I ever saw doing a one-arm handstand on top of the high bar. That was a sick trick. Now back to our guest. I met Alex when I was following my beautiful wife on Amaluna. Alex was performing as one of the Amazon and training to become the backup moon goddess. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that I love a good determination story. And man, Alex had more than one on her artist journey. Transitioning from gymnastic to circus acrobatics, overcoming shoulder surgery, becoming an aerialist, all the way to performing rope on love, Alex never stopped pushing and reinventing herself. Oh, and did I mention that she also works as a sports psychologist during the day before going to perform at night? She's amazing. I'm very excited for this one. So here she is, the fierce Alex Krupp. Alex, welcome to Tapis Rouge. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> so still in Vegas? Yes, living yes. in Vegas now for two years. Two years? What are you doing in Vegas? I'm working at the Beatles Love right now at the Mirage. I've been here since all the shows reopened after the pandemic, actually. Nice. Was Love one of the first shows to reopen? It was, I want to say, no, actually, it was the third or fourth show. Okay. Yeah. Because before the pandemic, you were on another Cirque show, I believe. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I was on Amaluna. I was on tour for a while there. Um, and then the show closed March 1st of 2020. Uh, that was the plan was to close. Um, but it was kind of lucky because we got our final show. Whereas a lot of other shows that closed for the when the pandemic happened, mm -hmm. they didn't know you know, when they were coming back, it was nice that they kind of knew or, mm -hmm. you know, thought that they might come back after. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we already knew we're like, it's not coming back. We have to find something new. Mm -hmm. But we had that closure of our final show. Mm -hmm. Did you already send your stuff to love? No, not at all. It was really interesting. After the pandemic, I was, I went home with my family to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and then when everything was shutting down, my husband flew back. He was in Russia after mm -hmm. Amaluna closed to see his family mm -hmm. and he flew back, luckily got to the U S before the border shut. And we stayed with my family for a little while. And then we were supposed to get married in September of 2020. So my wedding dress was in Las Vegas and I needed to renew my driver's license. So we're like, let's drive out to Las <laughs> Vegas. We'll spend like a week or two there. We'll pick up my wedding dress and then drive back home. So on our drive out to Vegas, we got the call that our wedding was postponed, that the venue couldn't have weddings there. Oh. So yeah, we were pretty crushed and we were like, okay, how long do we postpone it? Do we try like a month or two or should we wait till the next spring or just like an entire year so we just decided to push it back a year because we really had no idea at that time what was going to happen with covid mm -hmm. so we were like okay maybe we can stay in vegas a little bit longer uh -huh. 
<laughs> so we stayed, we decided, okay, we're going to stay for two months. And then every couple of months, we're like, let's stay for another couple of months. <laughs> and now we're here for two years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And the interesting thing was when we came out here, we found this place in town called Trapeze Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they had some really cool circus disciplines to train like Wheel of Death and mm-hmm. Bungie. And they have like a huge flying trapeze set up. And I fell in love with bungee, like bungee mm. trapeze. Yeah. And I started doing that a lot. And then I sent videos in for Mystere because they have bungee mm-hmm. in that show. And when I reached out, they actually said, can you do rope? And I was like, um, I had just taken, I got like a free class. And yeah. I had taken my very first <laughs> rope class and I was like, I just started training it. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, put a video together and show us what you're working on. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I asked my good friend, John, who does rope. John from MJ? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He was my first roommate in Montreal. He was in my class in circus school. No way. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. He's amazing. I love him. He was such a saint, like walking me through everything. And I look back on those videos. It's so funny watching myself try to toe climb yeah. for the first time. <laughs> and um, so he, he walked me through a lot of like the key elements um, mm-hmm. that we knew, like the front rotation, um, the, just how to get into the straddle. But a lot of it was so different from what I had done before. Mm-hmm. So it was really just figuring out how to do the wraps and making sure I was safe. And then I just sent that video in and there ended up being an audition in person in the training room. And in all my years of Cirque, I had never done a live audition for like a permanent role. Like I've done backup auditions for fun, but never like a live audition and oh my gosh I was so nervous it was crazy how many people were in the room um there was three of us girls okay yeah and all of us are on the show now wow that's amazing (laughs) yeah and you're saying with all of years at Cirque it was nothing similar to what you did before can you take us from the very beginning like how did you get involved with acrobatics and with Cirque in the first place it's it's really an interesting journey when I reflect on it because I was a gymnast my entire life from Mm -hmm. the age of five and I competed in artistic gymnastics and when um, actually Alegria came to my town where I was in school at the time. And I was coaching at the university after I had graduated. Mm -hmm. And the head coach of Alegria came into our gym and he recognized me. And he was the head coach of the Australian team. And his Australian team came to our meet every year with the girls. Mm -hmm. And he pulled open his laptop and he had a picture of me with the Australian girls, like a bunch of us girls with the Australian girls. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. It was from probably at least 10 years before when I was in my teens. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to come see our show tonight? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And I was coaching at another gym at the time too, because I was getting my master's 
And I was just like, you know, trying to make ends meet. So Mm -hmm. I was volunteer coaching there, coaching at night. So I called and I was like, can I please have the night off of work? I got these free tickets for this show. (laughs) And thankfully they let me. And I went to see Alegria and I was so blown away. And he met me afterwards. And he's like, you should put a video together. And I was like, oh man, I can't imagine doing any of that. Maybe the tumble track, like that's, that was mm-hmm. the only thing that I could really relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was maybe only six months out of competing. So I went back in the gym and I started putting my demo video together mm-hmm. and I sent it in and I really wanted to get called for the general formation, which, which they had at the time. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, that was like a really cool circus summer camp. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I really wanted to be part of that. And um, they emailed me and said, I just been placed into the database and I wasn't going to be going to the general formation, which I thought was a bad thing. I thought like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't make it. But then I would start to get phone calls like we're going to present you for this role. We're going to present you for that role. And I then I realized, okay, they're still thinking about me. Mm -hmm. Like, this is really cool. And then I remember changing the phone number in my phone and like named it Cirque. Mm -hmm. And whenever they would call me, like my heart was racing. Yeah, It was so cool. (laughs) Like now it's so different. Cirque is calling. Yes. (laughs) And you know, it's emails now or however they're doing it, but to get a phone call, it was so special. And at first I kept saying, no, I can't come yet. Like I need to finish my master's. I'm very much like. So they offered you a position at that time. Yeah. Well, they were presenting me. Oh, okay. So you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I just said, I can't leave at this time. Like this is not a good time for me. Mm -hmm. And once they called a couple of times, it was pretty exciting. I remember they called me for the creation of Amaluna. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically because they said it's a touring show and a big top and it will be for uneven bars. And I was like, oh, man. And so I said, if you can call me after August of 2011, that would be great. Like, that's when I'm going to graduate. And I remember they called me August of 2011 on my birthday and told me I didn't get the position. (laughs) Oh, my God. So real. (laughs) Yeah, they presented me. (laughs) They didn't know, obviously. But they presented me uh, for Viva Elvis. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I sent some videos in. It was close enough to the time I was graduating. So I sent some videos in. And then um, they called me on my birthday, told me, we're going to go with some local artists that, who are in town already. Thank you, but you didn't get the job. Mm. I was like so crushed. And then I ended up getting a job for Viva Elvis a couple months later oh, for the same okay. position. But um, they were just uh, changing up the show a little bit. So they needed more people. What was your position on Elvis? Um, I did high bar and I did a duo hoop act. So it was in the wedding ring. There was two rings on stage, mm-hmm. like Priscilla and Elvis's wedding rings. Yeah. And then there was two couples, one in each ring. And um, they were shaped differently, which was really cool because it was similar images happening at the same time, but completely different acts. Mm. As one was like two bars going kind of like a German wheel and the other yeah. one had like one bar through the bottom. Oh, that's super cool. So they call you, you get the part and they tell you you're going to be doing just straight up high bar and aerial hoop. How do you feel? Because have you ever touched like a high bar and aerial hoop at the time? Okay, so this was really funny because I remember I sent my video in 
and they said, okay, it's down to two people. We need you to send some videos or some pictures in a swimsuit. And I was like, okay. They said one of our (laughs) costume pieces is like a swimsuit. So if you can send some pictures in a swimsuit and it was in December and I was driving home for Christmas at the Mm -hmm. time, I did not bring any swimsuits with me. Yeah. (laughs) So it was Pennsylvania, you know, really cold. (laughs) And luckily my mom is the same size as me. So (laughs) I put one of her bikinis on. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And she took pictures for me, which, you know, is not the most comfortable thing. You know, you're trying to look nice. (laughs) Your mom is taking pictures (laughs) of you in her swimsuit. It was very interesting. It was the most interesting part of the audition process, I would say. So sent those pictures in and then they called me and they said I got the job and they said I would be doing aerial work. And as a gymnast, I thought, oh, like front aerials, side aerials on the floor. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was more like tumbling type of stuff. You know, the only show I'd seen, well, I saw Alegria. So I was thinking tumbling. I hadn't Mm. seen Viva Elvis, so I wasn't sure. And they said high bar, so which I was familiar with from gymnastics. Then I get there and they're like, I came out, they were training on stage, like was meeting everyone. That's what you're going to be learning. And I was like, what? (laughs) I don't know what that is. Like, I didn't know that that was aerial. I didn't know that was considered aerial work. Have you ever seen aerial hoop before or never? I did. Right before I came, I saw Kidam. Mm. I saw Ariel Hoop there and I remember seeing them hang from their feet. And I thought that was mm. so cool. But I also couldn't wrap my mind around like, is that hard? They make it look so easy. Like, mm. what is that like? And um, yeah, so seeing that and they're like, are you afraid of heights? And I was like, I don't think so. But I guess I'll find out soon. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm going to be thrown into this. <laughs> I was just so blown away. And honestly, it it was such an eye-opening experience to join my first show because (laughs) I had no idea any of the circus terms. We had Mm -hmm. a Bonkeen team coming in. I was like, what's a Bonkeen? They had a straps duo. And I remember being in the taxi with the duo. And I was like, they're like, oh, these are our new straps artists. And I was like, oh, what what are straps? And they were like, you know, just regular straps. And, you know, to them, they were probably... (laughs) you're like "Uh uh-huh okay okay cool cool yeah yeah, I had to just smile and nod because I realized that was a dumb question in that moment (laughs) because they were probably thinking oh she's probably wondering are they strap loops are they like you know bungee straps or what kind of straps (laughs) yeah and I had no idea even what straps were even though I had seen it I didn't know that's what it was called so it was so much to learn so much to take in and I loved every minute of it, actually. Yeah, it was so cool. And for how long did you stay on Elvis for? I joined Elvis in January 2012. And then we found out in March that it was closing in August. So it was eight months. Wow. It was really quick. It was a short first run, but I had so much fun. It was yeah, it so incredible. Like a really fun show. It was really fun. And I think by the end, it was in really good shape. And uh, it was a shame it had to close. Yeah, so many strong acts too. It was like the bar, yeah. the crazy trampoline act, the bonky. Yes. Like it was a lot of like very high level acrobatic acts. 
Yeah. They had a lot of really cool sets too that were unique. Mm -hmm. And when you get the news that the show is going to close, what do you feel? Do you feel like, okay, I'm going back to my regular life or? I think this is where like the naive circus person side of me came in like, oh, I wonder how this works. Like, and I remember asking in the dressing room, oh, did they just put you on another show after? And, you know, the girls kind of laughed a little bit like, no, it's not that easy. And actually, when I first joined Viva Elvis, I was doing interviews to join a doctorate program for wow. counseling psych. So in February, like right before we found out about the closing, I had been accepted into a program with an assistantship, which like was amazing because they were going to pay for me to get my doctorate. I was going to be working with a professor on research. So that was actually the plan. Um, anyway, I was going to leave to go uh, start my doctorate. What was your doctorate in? It was in counseling psychology, sport and exercise psych. That's what my master's is in. Wow. That's what I do during the days now. Can you tell the listener a little bit about the sports psychology thing? Yeah. So during the day I meet with clients, I try to only do a couple clients before shows each day. because. When I work with minors, I have to send emails to the parents as well after. So it's pretty time consuming, but I do sport and exercise psychology work. So it's really working on the mental aspect of sports and performance. I've worked with circus schools as well. So and which I love because mm -hmm. people don't realize what goes into the performance side of things, the, the mental aspect of it, mm -hmm. right? When we go out on stage every night. You know, what are we dealing with? What maybe it's your first time doing doing an act, you're nervous, mm -hmm. or maybe there's a skill that's been giving you trouble. Um, so it's really working through those type of things. So I see athletes who are dealing with injuries, helping them, you know, find their identity outside of their sport. I deal with fears and mental blocks. So when athletes are having trouble with a certain skill, they can't go for it. Um, same with performers. You know, when you have a skill, you lose it and mm -hmm. you need to figure out how to get it back or how to feel comfortable doing it again. Um, and then there's this also so, so hard this when it's <laughs> I remember what happened and when it's happened on stage when you perform and it doesn't work and you do you think it's okay, tomorrow's gonna be it's gonna be good. And then tomorrow again and again and you build that anxiety. Like yeah, I remember even at night I was just feeling so anxious, like oh tomorrow I have to do this thing again like i don't understand what's happening it's so it's super hard but it's true that once you pass over that hill and then you get it back and then you can relax again it's it's such a release it's incredible mm -hmm. and it can be really unsettling because it can be a skill you've had for years and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore right or it could be a new skill but it's just it's so frustrating especially if you know for circus artists if you're performing every night mm -hmm. you need to be able to get that back for athletes you know you have season you have off season so really depending where when that happens but if it's in season you have to be competing and you can't do your skill it's it's a lot you have to find a way to get through it so mm -hmm. there's that's a huge part of what i do and then also dealing with performance stress or um competition stress Mm. So some athletes, they can't perform the same way they do in the gym. When they get to the meet or they get to the competition, the game, 
they the stress builds so much that they can't perform to their potential because they're so tense or they're so shaky or they're so nervous they can't execute it the same way they do mm-hmm. and that can happen with circus artists as well you know you get so nervous when you go out there that you change your technique a little bit and it's not mm-hmm. exactly how you want to do it so it's really just having those techniques so what i do is we work through the tools to help with whatever it is that they're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I help give them these tools and I like to try to um, individualize it for each person. And I give mm-hmm. them the freedom also to use the tool, but kind of shape it in a way that works for them. Mm-hmm. And then um, we usually meet once a week. We have our sessions for like about an hour and we kind of reassess every five weeks So we'll do five sessions, reassess, see if they're reaching their goals that Mm -hmm. we set at the onset. And then we can do additional sessions if they need more help. And do you see, are there any patterns that are pretty common in artists and performers and athletes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's what I see the most is not being able to perform exactly how they want to when they're out there, whether it is an athlete or a performer. Mm-hmm. it's it's that like wanting to be able to do exactly what you do when no one's watching in front of mm. the judges or in front of the huge audience yeah <laughs> and it's trying to find that way to still do exactly what your body knows how to do but when people are watching and not letting your mind get in the way of that with the experience that you have you must have a degree and a level of empathy that <laughs> must make you an amazing therapist because you you know you're doing this every day literally yeah and you know what was interesting when i got my masters i was like oh man i wish i had these tools for when i was a gymnast mm. but then to go on to cirque and to still get to use this for myself because mm-hmm. I thought oh I'll never get to really apply it but now I can I can use it for myself so it's it's incredible you know the first time you go out and do an act and you're feeling nervous I'm like okay I got <laughs> I got my tools that I know will help me and um it's pretty cool to be able to help myself in that way too yeah it's amazing and do you have a website mm-hmm. or something? um I have I'm on a directory for the association mm-hmm. And from there, usually people will email me and then we'll do like a phone call and then we'll get started with the Zoom sessions. Okay. So, yeah, that's how people usually find me. It's a lot of word of mouth too. Yeah. Like one parent tells another parent mm. or like this coach tells, like says, oh, so-and-so might need some help. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I wonder if, if there would, could be an opening at some point at CERT eventually down the road, if you don't want to perform anymore, that would be like the best position for you with all your experience. You've been done touring, residential, you've been professional athletes, and you do sports psychology. You would be like the perfect mm-hmm. mental that health That would be support. amazing. <laughs> that would be so cool. That was my goal when I first joined Cirque. I was like, I want to be their sports psychologist when I finish my doctorate. That was, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was what I wanted to do down the road so maybe someday that would be incredible yeah to be able to help circus performers more closely our partner in this episode is circus talk the online carrier marketplace for circus and the performing arts circus talk is the new thing that is great for our international circus community 
It is an amazing information resource, bringing news, events, and industry trends to us, professionals working in the field. What also makes Circus Talks amazing is their first online casting platform that connects talents and talent seekers in circus and performing arts. If you're a talent seeker, you can finally post jobs and auditions in a professional and transparent way instead of using social media accounts. There are already over 28,000 artist profiles on Circus Talk that talent seekers can search while talents can find jobs and apply to them via the Circus Talk platform. You can get your first month free on both Circus Talk Talent and Talent Seeker Pro membership by using the promo code TAPIROUGE in one word. So go to circustalk.com, sign up to Pro and use the code TAPIROUGE to find your spotlight with our partner, Circus Talk. All right, guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than two minutes, and obviously, it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program, and after six weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training, and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions, and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, hey, what did you do for your back? And I thought, I could put it all out in a clear and clean way, instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists, and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring, and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics, and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios, and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. ended up getting my doctorate so after Viva Elvis I called them and said can I defer a year because I really like this circus stuff and I want to do it for a little bit longer and he was like absolutely I totally get it like he he wasn't upset at all he totally understood and then once a year went by I was like you know what I really like this I need to I want to keep doing it while my body feels good Mm -hmm. I didn't know how long you know for sure at the time I heard circus artists go for like three years 
and that's about it. So I was like, I got to do my, I got to get my three years in. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, 11 years later, (laughs) but you know, it's something I look back on and I'm like, oh, I would have been done with my doctorate by now, but I don't regret it at all. I've loved this circus life and it's been so incredible to tour the world and learn so many different things. Yeah. So what happened? You get the green light that you can postpone the start of your doctorate and then you're like, okay, now I have one more year yep. ahead of me to keep doing this. So what do you do? And then what happened was I had to have shoulder surgery. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so funny how things work out, right? So it was an entire year of shoulder surgery rehabbing and waiting for the next contract, which was Corteo. Wow. Yeah. It was honestly such a roller coaster going through like loving Elvis, the closing. You know, I knew something was wrong with my shoulder. Um, I had a on high bar, I had a catch where I caught with one arm mm-hmm. and I swung through and I just knew, oh, that didn't feel right. But I kept trying to work through it. But then when I was doing the hoop act, my shoulder would sometimes sublux, like it would come out. And then finally I told him, I was like, this is coming out during the act. And I kind of have to like get it to go back in like during the act, which was so uncomfortable. Like even I remember at the time carrying my groceries, like it was so unstable, but I was just trying to work through it. Yeah. And we had it looked at and they were like, yeah, you're going to need to have this fixed. What did you have, like tear labrum? Yeah, it was labrum and biceps tendon. And it was um, pulled away. So they used anchors to put it back. Mm-hmm. And I also needed a microfracture. The cartilage was just dead. It was hanging. So they just trimmed it. Oh my God. They drilled some holes in the bone and which formed a scab, which was my new cartilage. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy how they can <laughs> do that. But that's what my shoulder went through. And I didn't know if I would be able to use my shoulder again in that capacity. I was really worried. The doctor didn't tell you like, oh, it's you're done. Or they're like, oh, no, it's OK. Just a couple of months and you'll be back. No, he was really cool about it. He works with a lot of circus artists, I think, the surgeons. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows, I think, how resilient we can be or how stubborn we can be. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say anything about that, but he did say, you know, the microfracture, I usually don't perform that on people under 40. And I was 24 at the time, 25. Mm. So I was like, okay, that kind of says a lot of what my shoulder has been through already. <laughs> but when I went to Corteo, I, I was doing trample beds. So I didn't have to use my shoulder too, too much, which was a nice transition. Yeah, for sure. How was the experience going on tour? It was so magical, honestly, to be in the big top. Um, I had been in the big top once before when I saw Totem. Um, yeah. when I was in Pittsburgh and it was so magical to, you know, see the tent in your city and to walk up, walk into that environment. And then mm. just knowing that I was going to be part of that, but seeing like the behind the scenes part, yeah. you know, being in the artistic tent, it was incredible. I loved it. Yeah. I, I love the vibe on site, the kitchen, just it's such a family environment. Yeah, it's true. It's in, awesome. in Vegas, everything is spread out. The theaters are so huge. And mm. sometimes you'll go the whole day without seeing someone you work with. Oh, yeah, because you have different tracks. And if the tracks are parallel the whole show, then you can just 
not see someone at all yeah for sure yes you go in the training room at different times there's like six different dressing rooms it's just it's wild how spread out you are in the theaters in vegas but in the big top everyone sees everybody and i love that environment it was so so special to join a big top show for sure and also with Corteo in a big top it's like one of the super iconic Cirque show like very special and yeah it was such a special show it still is I've seen it recently and it's a beautiful show it's really cool to see it brought back in an arena did you do Paris no I I only did South America so you did two South American tour yep that's very cool <laughs> that's very cool yeah and how long did you stay in Corteo for Um, it was a little over two years and then we closed the big top closed. Okay. And when, uh, the show was closing, they happened to be having a PPP for uneven bars for Amaluna. Okay. I already had my eyes on that show because I was thinking they gave us a lot of notice for Corteo when it was closing. Oh, okay. It was probably about a year and a half. And compared to Elvis, where it was like March to August, we only had a couple months you know, for them to tell us because they, you know, they said, we can't go to Australia. The show's too big. Oh. They were telling us we can't turn it into an arena. It wasn't possible, which was usually how things would go for the big tops back then. It was always going to arena. Because the technical was too heavy. Mm -hmm. It was too big of a show trying to figure out how to do it in the round. Mm. Clearly they figured it out. Yeah. But at that time, <laughs> at that time they said, it's not possible. So we just knew that, you know, we had to close the show after South America. So we had a year and a half and I started thinking, okay, what can I do? It still hadn't been too, too long since I was a gymnast. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go for an even bar. So I'm going to start to train again. So we had a really long tour break and I went home and I trained for six weeks and just really I went back into my old gym with my old coaches and they were so supportive I was like doing all my releases again yeah. it was crazy and I think the young gymnasts were like this old woman is in here <laughs> like trying to do all these skills again because you know as a gymnast your career you usually finish when you're done with college which is like maybe mm -hmm. 21 22 mm -hmm. and I was coming in I think I must have been 26 or 27 at the time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what's this old woman doing? Like, oh my gosh. And they were so amazed too. I think they were like, wow, how can she do it at that age? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it was, it was really cool to be there with them. And the coaches were so supportive. They were helping me get all my skills back. And all and, your skills um, were there? Still there in your head and your body was no problem. Yeah. Yes. And I actually learned some skills that I had never done before because really? it's interesting to go back to something you were scared of as a teenager and to do a skill that you just knew, like, I can't do that. Like in your head, I can't, you know, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. But to go back more logically as an adult, like, okay, step-by-step, step, what do I need to do to be able to do this? And I taught myself some skills that I never thought I would do some dismounts. It was more, I had trouble with dismounts as an athlete. Uh -huh. So I taught myself some dismounts that I never thought I would do. Oh, and so cool. it was really cool. I learned another release that I had never done before. It was 
a really cool moment for me to jump back in the gym and and I bet for your coaches too, if there were your coaches before to see you doing all these improvements now, they'll be like, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. They're like, what? She's doing a double back off bars? That's insane. <laughs> they were so cool about it, helping me take videos. The girls would help me take videos. It was, it was really cool. And I sent the I sent my video in right at the end of the tour break. They said, okay, we'll hold on to this. And then a couple months later, they said, we're going to have a PPP. If you want to join us in Montreal for, I think it was like two months, two or three mm -hmm. months. But then a position ended up opening on, on the show. Okay. So they needed someone right away. So you skipped PPP? Yes. And so no fun circus camp for you? Nope, still no, <laughs> still no circus camp for me. <laughs> so Corteo closed. It was right around Christmas, so Montreal usually closes, the, the headquarters closes around that time. So I came right the first week of January. They were like, let's do 10 days. And that was like 10 days total, so maybe like... 10 days to it, learn all the tracks, the makeup, everything? It was very... It, it was very rushed, we'll say, but I learned the makeup. I had the costume fitting... I flew with my costume over. Really? <laughs> they made it for me. It was incredible. Because usually it takes some time. You get someone's old one. They adjust it for you. But they made a costume real quick. I trained in it. I had a couple days on the bars. But it was really to, I learned the cues. Mm -hmm. And it was like, let's just get there real quick. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I feel that it can be more useful because sometimes I feel you know, someone is training in Montreal for eight weeks. And when they arrived, you realize like, oh no, you didn't learn the right track. Oh no, the choreography has changed. Oh no, this cue doesn't exist anymore. You're going to do this instead. And so it's kind of like, oh, you have to like start all over again. That if you do a little bit less back at the studio and then take more time on tour, it may be a little bit more productive sometimes. I agree. This happened to me on Corteo. Yeah. <laughs> when I went first day of trampo bed training, they're like, okay, you're going to be learning this. We're watching the TV. He's like, watch the pink girl. And I was like, I knew I was going to be doing the blue girl because I knew who I was filling in for at the time. Huh. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm the blue one. And he's like, oh, I think I was told the pink one. So then they had to check. And luckily I knew, but there were some other cues that, I learned the wrong way. So yeah, sometimes it's better to just be efficient up there. Yes, for sure. Still 10 days is kind of short. So how, how does it feel? Your 10 days, you put your costume in your suitcase, you fly to Amaluna. Mm -hmm. I was ready even after those 10 days. And it was in the Royal Albert Hall when I joined. That's crazy. It was mind-blowing to be in that venue I still remember, you know, it wasn't my first show, but I, the amount of butterflies I felt when the first time I did the act, the lights came up and I just saw this stunning venue. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was blown away. I could barely control, like I could barely control myself. My heart was beating out of my chest. It was such a cool feeling. Yeah. I can imagine. I never did it. Totem did it three times. And I missed no. it the three times. The three times he went, I was like there. And then I leave. Then the show goes to London. I come back. Okay, I'm here for a while. I leave. Bam, the show goes back to London. Three times it happened. The third time, I couldn't believe it. I was really like, 
for real? Like the four, no. four, the four months I'm not here, the show goes to London again. No. I know. Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy. But I mean, I did very other cool cities, but it's true that the Royal Albert Hall is, it is a very special place to perform for sure. Yeah, I was very fortunate to get to perform there. And how was the show? The vibe and your character in the show? I loved this show. It was such a beautiful show. And um, it was really cool to join with the at the Royal Albert Hall, but then to go to the next city and see the actual big top version of it. And it was it was all new to me all over again. You mm -hmm. know, we had to learn where to enter, um, you know, just the little differences between the Royal Albert Hall and the, the big top. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like I was a new person all over again, the next city. And then we went to the Royal Albert Hall again the next year. Um, so it was that was a lot more familiar. I love this show. It was an incredible tour plan. I got to finally go to Europe, which was a goal of mine. I really wanted to be oh, yeah. in Europe. Yeah. And then we found out we were going to South America, which I was so thrilled about. I loved it mm. the first time around. And there was a lot of things on my bucket list that I wanted to see again or to, to actually check off. Um, some places I repeated, but mm -hmm. it was so nice to go back and have another chance to see more places there. And then we did North America, which was incredible because I got to perform in Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. Did your coaches and all the little gymnasts from the gym came? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that yep. must have been amazing. I can't remember if it was dress rehearsal or premiere, but we had a massive group come from the gym. I remember I have a, I have a nice picture backstage with all of them and it was so cool to have them there and to like you know full circle they helped me prepare for this show this yeah. exact show and they came and got to see uneven bars which you know it couldn't be more gymnastics than that you know mm -hmm. in a Cirque show yeah, for and sure. for them to really appreciate and see all the hard work I put in and to see it on stage was really incredible and it was so meaningful to have them out there watching me yeah for sure and also it's like that's how you got started into this as well like you saw the into a big top and now you're the one performing under a big top in pennsylvania yeah. and then it's you can inspire a whole new generation and for sure it must have felt pretty special it was very special and to have my family there as well it was so cool they got to come out a few times mm -hmm. Yeah. Was your family always supportive when you told them like you wanted to pause the doctorate project and run away with the circus? Yep. They were super supportive, which I was really grateful for. They've always been behind me with all of my decisions. And I'm sure they were like, what is this? Because none of us, I didn't know what the circus was about. I didn't know anything about it. So of course they had no idea either. Um, they hadn't seen shows before. Mm -hmm. So for them, I know when I went out to Viva Elvis, um, I flew out, Cirque flew me out to Vegas and my dad drove my car across the country. Oh, really? Yep. He, wow. cause I wanted to have my car out there and he's like, I'll drive it out there. But one of the things was he wanted to make sure I felt okay. So he came out and he just he was a little worried if I didn't like it, like how that would go or if it was different from what I expected. Um, he told me this later down the road. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something I knew at the time, but he's like, yeah, I just wanted to make sure everything was okay there. And he could tell that I loved it, you know, when I got started. And I think he felt good about that decision. And 
Um, and then he flew back home after that. But it was, they've been so supportive the whole time through all the different shows. I know my mom worries a lot when I'm far away. My Nana, uh, they all worry, but they know that I'm a good traveler. I try yeah. to stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> you have a couple of miles under your belt. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did they come to visit you on tour as well, like in South America? Right? Yeah, they've seen me in all of my shows so far it's oh, amazing yeah actually they've seen all the shows all of your years traveling what are your favorite places in the world oh, that's a tough one do you have like a top three mm. it's different there's like the places i enjoyed working versus like the places i enjoyed vacationing mm -hmm. you know like some of the cities were just so nice to perform in because the audiences were incredible or they were sold out. I remember Corteo when we went to Quito, we were the first show to ever go to Quito and every show was sold out. And it was just the energy in the big top was incredible. They were just so happy. They were enjoying it so much. And as a performer, you know, that's like, that means so much when the audience is just there with you the whole show. So those type of experiences, you know, I felt like we had a lot of love in South America It's yeah, such a different sure. energy in the big top. And those were the most special places to perform in. But being in London, the hustle and bustle of the city, this beautiful, yeah. iconic city, the hall, that was so memorable. Um, taking the tube to work. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Like living in the city. I love London. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cities that's super magical just to be in and to see all these sites around you, to take the tube, to take the buses and to just be there. It's an incredible place. Yeah. And now you're back in Vegas at full circle. Yeah. How do you feel being back into a resident show? And You know, I love Vegas. Vegas always felt like my second home whenever I was on tour. I loved coming back here. It always felt so nice to be in Vegas. It felt so familiar. I love the hot weather. That's like my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, my so husband, growing up in so Pennsylvania, much. you're like, I'm just done with that winter for sure. <laughs> That's what I blame it on. The cold winters in Pennsylvania, all the snow, having to drive in the snow. So yeah, I I love, I'll take the heat any day over the snow. Um, but, you know, it's interesting after being on tour for so long, my husband and I weren't ready to be done with tour. We really wanted to still be on tour and, you know, even being here training during the pandemic We really wanted to, we knew it was going to be longer before touring shows would get back up and running just with the, you know, with COVID and mm -hmm. everything. It was like, that would be more difficult at first. Um, but it was funny. There was an opening for tumbling position on, on Alegria. Oh. And I sent old tumbling videos in um, just like they said, click here to apply. So I just like, had an I think I had an old trample beds video I think that's what it was and I was like oh, I'll just send it like I really don't want to tumble but I really want to be on tour and um <laughs> it was the same time that I submitted for submitted my rope videos yeah and let me think before I say this okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so 
Yvonne, who works in casting, mm -hmm. she um, she called me. She's like, oh, I see you submitted a tumbling video. She's like, do you really want to tumble still? I, like, she knows me. She was in the act. She was in Amazon with me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we knew each other pretty well. Mm -hmm. And I think she knew, like, it had been a while since I tumbled. And I said, I just want to be on tour again. She was mm. like, okay, <laughs> um, but do you really want to tumble? And, you know, that was, I was like, no, this is not, yeah. this is not a good choice for me. <laughs> no, for sure. How long was it since you last tumbled proper? Since I jumped, it was, that was 2020. So, or it's 2021. So it was probably six years mm. since I had really jumped and I just didn't want to. And I would not be at the level of these tumblers in Alegria whatsoever, but I just wanted to be on tour so bad. So, and I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I'm just going to send this little video. Like that's easy. But when I thought about it realistically, it was like, no, this is not, this is not a good choice for me. Mm -hmm. So I got the job in Vegas and I was pretty thrilled. I was so excited to just, be back on stage. Last time I had visited Vegas in 2018, uh, we came to Vegas and watched all the shows because my husband had never been. And our favorite show was love when we uh -huh. came to watch it at that time. Um, we had so much fun. Everyone was so committed and, um, we could tell like everyone on stage was just having a blast mm. and to get that show and remembering how much we enjoyed it. I was I was really thrilled. I was so excited. It was also kind of groundbreaking for me as an artist because I always wanted to be considered an aerialist. You know, being a gymnast, there was always that, like, you're a gymnast. You're in this box. We see you as a gymnast. Did you feel that working for Cirque? Like, oh, no, you're a gymnast. You're doing this and that's it? Yes. On Amaluna, doing bars, it was, like, such a specific skill. You know, it's... You, you were a gymnast, you can do bars. If you weren't a gymnast, it's kind of hard to jump into that kind of act because yeah, we sure. did it our whole lives. Yeah. So it was like, you're just a gymnast. You're a gymnast. Like, that's what you are. Even though you did Elvis before and you did aerial who That was the hard part for me was that that's what I started with was an aerial act. Uh -huh. But it was so far removed because I did Corteo since then. I did trampo beds. I created a nice little duo hoop act with my friend on Corteo, actually. So mm -hmm. I still was doing aerial at that time and then um, came to Amaluna and I was working very hard to do the backup for uh, Cerceau. For Moon Goddess, yeah. Yes. And, you know, for a long time, it was like all I could be seen as was a gymnast. And, you know, I was a gymnast, but... I wanted to do other things. Mm -hmm. I loved being in the air and it was so cool to like explore and like see where your body went. Whereas with gymnastics, it's like you do this skill, that skill. It's like you have these specific skills that you need to learn and do. And with Ariel, it was like so much freedom in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and just like finding positions that look nice on your body and finding skills that work for you. And It was so cool. And I really wanted so badly to do that. And it was so hard for me to get out of this box of like, 
you're a gymnast. That's all you are. Even breaking through and getting that backup role, which mm-hmm. was incredible. It was a dream come true, honestly. Such a dream. It was such an amazing part in the show, for sure. Yeah. I remember watching it and I just get choked up every time. Mm. And um, going and getting an aerial contract like full time again, because Elvis was a permanent contract. And my main role was this duo hoop act. Mm-hmm. And now to finally get an aerial contract, I was saying to my husband, I was like, am I an aerialist now? Do you think like I'm considered an aerialist now? And now I'm on this show where people don't even know I was a gymnast. Like some people don't even know. And it's so It's like wild. your secret best. Shh, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't bring Alex, it up. Alex was a gymnast before. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. It's so true. It's so funny when you're like, oh, you were a gymnast. Yeah. I'm an aerialist now. (laughs) 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 But it took me so long to really believe, you know, I believed I could do it, Mm -hmm. but I wanted other people to believe in me. And it was so hard. It's crazy to hear that even though you were putting in all the work and I mean, you already proved yourself to still have other people like putting you in that box and having that affecting you so much. Like the fact that you could not consider yourself a different way because people outside were not considering you that way. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Because those are the people that decide if we get these roles, right? So as much as I thought I was an aerialist, if someone else thought she's just a gymnast trying to do aerial, you know, they're not going to give you the job they're not going to give you the role right so it was like trying to show other people that I can do this like I can I'm capable and I want to and I and I love this and Mm -hmm. somehow (laughs) I convinced them that I could do rope (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but how does it feel now are you fulfilled in that new performing in a new capacity being an aerialist on love like do you feel you got where you want it to be yeah yeah I do it's really interesting because I never thought I would do rope which it's something that you know I do for a job but it's not something I would say I'm stellar in and Mm -hmm. you know we have some girls in the act who are actual rope artists and they have you know these amazing skills and things that they can do or they were or they have silks tissue experience Mm -hmm. Um, so they have a lot more knowledge and vocabulary on rope, but we all do the same act every night. You know, there's only one part that's different. We have one position where we all do a different position, but Mm -hmm. otherwise the entire act is the same. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really cool to be amongst those artists with vertical aerial apparatus background. And Mm -hmm. I'm here, you know, with my hoop background, (laughs) um, and it's, it's really cool. I, I love it. And, you know, there are times where I am grateful that those girls are there because I can ask them questions, you know, when we're exploring, like, is this safe? It's just, it's a really nice environment to be in because I feel like we all respect one another in the act and the girls that I work with are really cool. It's such a nice group. And then we all just have these really different backgrounds. Everyone has different aerial backgrounds, but we're all doing rope. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about circuit that that concept that everyone comes from such further places 
a term of background and geographically as well. And all of a sudden we all meet at that one point and we are doing the same thing. And that's, I think that's super cool. And that's something I learned on Elvis too, is, you know, people who came from circus, I didn't know there was such thing as circus school and just learning about all the different places that people come from. And we're all brought together for this one show and we're all on stage together with our different abilities. And it's so special to be mm. part of a group like that. Yeah, it's beautiful for sure. I have one last question for you. Okay. If tomorrow aliens would land on Earth, how would you explain Cirque du Soleil to them? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Cirque du Soleil. I mean, this, I feel like I have to explain it sometimes in my work in sports psychology for people who don't know what circus is. <laughs> so I... And I work with kids sometimes too. So just trying to explain it to them. Mm -hmm. um, so I say, you know, it's, it's acrobatics, it's dance, it's different characters all brought together in one place and um, a beautiful story being told by all these people coming together and having a variety of different talents on stage from, you know, aerial to, Gym, more acrobatic gymnastics type skills um yeah yeah that's a pretty, pretty good definition it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us and to share your amazing story with us it was really, I had a lot of fun oh thank you so much thanks for having me it's really an honor to be part of your podcast so i really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much i wish you a good show and uh, I'll see you when uh, I'll come to Vegas. Amazing. Let me know when you're in town. Cool. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. What a ride, huh? I love Alex's story. So much passion. And again, real determination. Another proof that you can indeed become who you want to be. Now, it's time for you to give Tapis Rouge a good rating and review. It's quick and it really helps the show more than you think. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CircusTalk.com, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. And that is it for today. Have a good day and a good week. As always, big merde and toy 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 if you're having shows. And as we say in the circus, see you down the road.